Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, good morning. Good to be back with you on this Wednesday morning. Daniel Pedro back in the chair. It is Wednesday, the 10th of May, 2023, middle of the week. Start of the week for some. Uh, fantastic to be with you over the course of the next hour. We're broadcasting, as always, through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Want to hear from you over the course of the next hour. As always, phone number is 1300 01 1170. You can text 0457 736 736. And that is all before Vossie and James Magnuson being a Wednesday for breakfast in an hour's time for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. For this is up in Queensland, it'll be Pat and Heels to take you through from 6 AM. Lots to get through. Good to be back uh, with you. It was supposed to be at yesterday. A few issues with an airline, but looking forward to being back with you today. Big thanks to Maddie Cox for filling the shoes over the past couple of days. We will actually still speak to Maddie this morning, a part of our regular cross uh, on a Wednesday morning to discuss some of the big issues. I'm sure he is going to question as to where I've been over the past few days. Um, and we'll talk about Magic Round, no doubt. We'll talk about some of the big issues happening in the AFL and anything else that may come up with uh, me and Maddie in a bit, in about 15 minutes' time. But most importantly, want to hear from you. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 our open line number. You can send a text 0457 736 736. It is two past five. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yes, does your hot water need replacing? Go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. No doubt I will talk uh, a bit about this with Maddie uh, in about 15 minutes. And I know it's been covered over the past 48 hours here on SCN and all uh, a lot of other places, uh, all other media outlets, social media. But well done to everyone involved with Magic Ground again in Brisbane. Um, I got back yesterday morning um, and it was just a, a fantastic uh, weekend, uh, the highest attendance ever, over 147,000 uh, there over the course of the three days. The games probably may not have lived up to some of the games that we have seen throughout the opening nine rounds of the competition, but still a great atmosphere. I know there's talk, um, and I'd be interested uh, to hear your thoughts as well, and I'm sure it's been mentioned over the past couple of days, and I know a lot of people have had uh, their say about it, I know there's talk about after next year when the contract ends in Brisbane about potentially moving it to New Zealand, maybe a year in Sydney. Uh, it would be look. I think it would be good in New Zealand. I think it could work in Sydney, but gee, it would be hard to see it leave Brisbane. I know the AFL, and we'll talk to Maddie about this, and we've spoken to him about it in the past um, few weeks as well. I know the AFL is going to take gather round on the road uh, after the end of 2026, but for anyone that was up there in Brisbane. Last weekend, and the weekend just gone, or people who live in Queensland know how good that weekend is for Queensland. And it's 
perfect setup, isn't it, down Caxton Street. So uh, it is going to be interesting to see uh, what happens after next year. But for this year, another huge success. So well done to everybody involved in making uh, Magic Round another fun weekend. Uh, if you were up there, you want to have a say about that. I'm sure you've spoken about it already, but happy to hear from you. 0457 736 736 or one 1170 Now, some of the news of the day. Um, and the St. George Illawarra Dragons, who, as we know, lost to the West Tigers last or on Sunday, just gone. I saw that, uh, obviously, live there at Suncorp Stadium. And whilst I don't think the Dragons by far were the most disappointing team of the weekend, it was still a really disappointing loss. And that's taking nothing away from the Tigers, who have now won two in a row. Um, and again, look pretty good for the most part on Sunday afternoon, and the Dragons really disappointing again. Um, I tipped the Tigers last weekend. I wasn't surprised about the result, and it was a close game. Look, the Dragons could have pinched it at the end, but it just has ramped up the pressure more so on their coach, Anthony Griffin, and it comes out over the last 24 hours, and it's on the back page of the Sydney Morning Herald. It's also on the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. Uh, about the fact that St. George Illawarra officials have met with Sydney Roosters assistant Jason Riles on Monday as the Dragons ramp up their chase for their new coach. Now, it is understood the meeting was informal, but indicates Riles is now in the frame to take over from current coach Anthony Griffin, having previously been hesitant to take on the job. So he is a former Dragons prop, but he has been away from the club for almost two decades with other candidates, uh, including ex-players Dean Young uh, and Ben Hornby uh, there. Shane Flanagan um, Shane Flanagan also worked for the Dragons as recently as last year. Flanagan's an interesting one. Uh, there was speculation Riles did not want the Dragons' job, uh, but that, w- that has never been conveyed to the St. George Illawarra Dragons because we were seeing if Craig Bellamy, who we still don't know what's happening with him at the Melbourne Storm, there was talk about potentially Riles going to the Melbourne Storm. But he is now favoured Bellamy to stay in the top job for at least another 12 years. Ryle still lives in Wollongong. And he does still have a year to run on his Roosters contract and would need permission from the Tricolours to exit early. Uh, However, it does seem like if he gives uh, Trent Robinson and the Roosters enough notice, the Roosters will be okay with that. Uh, Your thoughts as a Dragons fan, even if you're not a Dragons fan, Jason Ryles, especially if Craig Bellamy does stay at the Melbourne Storm for another 12 months. Maybe he would have preferred the Storm job. In fact, I was having a conversation uh, with a few friends about this across the weekend. It is a really interesting one when it comes to Jason Riles. Let's say Bellamy did end at the end of this year or and Griffin does go, which seems quite likely, the Dragons. You know, from the outside looking in, yes, the Storm are, if they're not the number one job in the rugby league as a coach, they'd be up the top there. But whoever does replace Craig Bellamy is just is going to have a real tough, well, not a tough time, but it is going to be an interesting test. Bellamy, part of the Melbourne Storm since 2003. We know uh, how successful he has been. While the Dragons, joining them to replace Anthony Griffin is another test entirely. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it does seem like Jason Riles is firming to be the next coach of the Dragons. If you're Jason Riles, and I'd be interested to get your take on this, one 1170 or 0457-736-736. Would you go to the Dragons and coach in 2024 when the job there is on right in front of you? The job is on the table. You can have it. Or would you wait a year 
and go and join the Melbourne Storm for 2025. Would you stay at the Roosters under coach Trent Robinson for another year and just bide your time a bit? What would you do? 0457 736 736, open line number 1300 011170. I mean, it's a tough one. You don't want to be saying no to a job that looks like it could easily, uh, to a degree, be yours. But would it be worth being patient for another 12 months, staying with a good setup at the Roosters to go to the Melbourne Storm in 2025? If you're Jason Riles, what do you do? And if you're a Dragons fan, would you be happy to see Jason Riles coaching your team? And I see Interella Mortal, a New South Wales legend, part of the SEN family, Andrew Johns, has warned state of origin burnout could derail the Broncos' charge to a drought-breaking premiership. Uh, Queensland's one-time playmaking nemesis, Johns, believes Brisbane's ability to weather the physical and mental toll of the upcoming Origin Series will determine if the Broncos snap a 17-year title drought this season. Uh, Ladder leaders, the Broncos, they play tomorrow night in a really interesting game against the Melbourne Storm. It's likely Pat Garrigan, Kurt Capewell, Solwyn Cobo are likely starters for Queensland, while Payne Haas only has to stay fit to lead the Blues into the season, well, the origin opener on May 31. Uh, we could also see Tom Flegler, Tony Staggs, and Reese Walsh as a potential to be playing for Queensland. Uh, Joey said it's how the Broncos manage after origin. You look at their squad, they're going to lose quite a few to origin. It's how Kevy, coach Kevin Walters, handles that and manages that period because origin can burn you out. So... Look, the Broncos were very good in their win against Manly on Friday night. They've only lost two games throughout the course of the season. I think tomorrow's game, the tomorrow night's game down in Melbourne is interesting. Melbourne, of course, losing to Souths last weekend as well. But uh, first time I've seen the Broncos live this year, and they played entertaining footy. And I don't think, and this is no real disrespect to Manly, but I don't think they really got out of second gear, the Broncos. So if they can manage that origin period well, I still have them as one of the premiership threats this year on the back of their start to the season. What say you? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our open line number, you can text 0457 736 736. A lot more to get through as well. Rugby after a uh, rugby league coach now as well, apparently. We'll talk about that. But right on the other side of this, we're going to have a chat with Matty Cox in Melbourne. I'll thank him for filling in for me. And we'll talk about some of the big issues of the week. 0457 736 736 or one 1170 It is 10 past five. It's good to be back with you. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. 14 and a half past five. We're going to have a chat with Maddie Cox in a second. Carmelo, uh, Carmelo on the text line says, Good morning, Daniel. Love your show. Go the Tigers. You'd be very happy, Carmelo, after the past couple of weeks playing good footy. The Tigers wins over uh, the Dragons last weekend at Magic Ground. And, of course, uh, the Panthers of the week before. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line anytime. one 1170 Let's have a chat with the man that filled my boots over the past couple of days. Here here is the great Maddie Cox, host of Tradies News in Melbourne. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Part-time Pettigrew's return. Good morning to you. I was about to say, that's very depressing music for, for my return. But yes, thank you, Maddie, and thank you for uh, filling in. I know you normally do the show, but filling in uh, for listeners in New South Wales and Queensland, I'm sure they enjoyed every minute of your show over the past couple of days. Yeah, oh, well, we got a bit heavy yesterday morning, so oh. hopefully they uh, were enjoying that. But let, let's focus on what where you were. Yes. Not specifically 
Monday into Tuesday because <laughs> we don't get a very uh, great airline for uh, yes. that assistance. But mm. Magic Round in general, we've had a few sightings of you as well. Can you explain um, why you were down on the Gold Coast <laughs> on uh, uh, over the course of the weekend? Because there weren't, weren't any NRL games down there. I was sent some audio of what you said uh, at the end of your show on Monday morning from a texter. I can confirm I wasn't at the place uh, that it was alleged to be. Nor was I on the Gold Coast, although I will be on the Gold Coast in a couple of the months' time because I do oh. <laughs> I do love the Gold Coast. But uh, <laughs> not this weekend. Uh, no, Magic Round. Fantastic weekend. I know... Obviously, for listers in New South Wales and Queensland, a lot of people have spoken about it, given their thoughts. But, uh, yeah, got up there on the Friday. Um, and, again, as I said to my audience before I took the first break, before we had a chat, Maddie, just another fantastic weekend. Queensland and Brisbane, more, and more specifically, do such a wonderful job. Uh, over 147,000 uh, people there over the course of the weekend, over the course of the three days. Uh, and if you went out anywhere in Brisbane, particularly on the Friday and Saturday night, Matty, not just at the footy, but obviously around Caxton Street there, even in the city, pubs were absolutely packed. Restaurants uh, were the same. Uh, everyone was just in a good mood I didn't hear of, and I'm sure there were, but I didn't really hear of any real issues in terms of behaviour, just an electric atmosphere for all uh, the eight games, especially the Friday and the Saturday games. Uh, the Sunday it does tend to wind down a little bit once you sort of get past that 4pm game, which is sort of the highlight of the Sunday in terms of the scheduling. But again, fantastic weekend. One more year to go for Brisbane to be contracted next year. And then some talk they're thinking of moving it to New Zealand or maybe Sydney. We'll have to wait and see because uh, even though I think it would be good to have it in New Zealand, and I think it could work in Sydney as maybe a one-off thing. Uh, it's hard to move it from Queensland because it's done so well um, and the city is just made for it. And the images that w even we saw down south of uh, the Murray River of what was unfolding up in Brisbane, the, the atmosphere, it, it draws you to it. it mm. In a similar way to what in the AFL landscape we had a couple of weeks ago mm. with Gather Round in South Australia, you were almost... You almost had a bit of FOMO because you were you're missing out on everyone being there and this hype of activity and this great atmosphere that was associated with the event. It's a similar case in Brisbane. And I'm going to suggest, Dan, and now that you've attended a couple of them, that it just continues to build and it's a bit more developed than what it originally was, which makes it an even better event. And I think, Matty, you're right, because you think about it, it started back in Australia in 2019. And 2019, first one, it was a bit of a novel thing. No one probably really knew how it was going to work and it was a success in 2019. And then COVID hit, we didn't have one in 2020. And then, of course, in 2021, whilst it was, again, pretty good success. It, it, it was a situation where we were still sort of dealing with COVID. It was before uh, the major lockdown in Sydney, so you could still fly up and uh, back and whatever. But last year and this year, the first ones that really haven't been affected by COVID and the first ones that wasn't the actual first magic round. And you're right, the momentum that it's built over the past two years in particular, and it continues to build. And look, I, I think if I'm the NRL, look, I have no doubt that there would be a temptation to move it to different cities and or country in New Zealand. And I do understand that. And I do understand the argument about taking it on the road, but it's going to be hard to see it move from Queensland. And not just because of the success of it. 
It also means a lot to Queensland, the amount of visitors. I think over 50% of people that went to the games across the weekend weren't actually from Queensland. They are from interstate. Um, the money that's put into the economy, someone uh, suggested to me the other day, someone in Queensland was talking to someone uh, at the bar saying who works there, saying that basically the Friday and the Saturday night of Magic Round is basically equivalent to two New Year's Eves. It gets that busy. Um, so it is going to be uh, interesting to see. But the ground announcer, as we were leaving on Sunday evening, early Sunday evening, basically said uh, that brings us to an end of a three-day party. And that's basically what it is. Uh, you can do it in many different ways. You can just go to the footy. You can go out. You can, you know, you don't have to go to all three days. But those who were there and went to all three days, it was just a three-day party. Everyone had a good time. And uh, already looking forward to the next one. But, yeah, it's going to be really interesting now, as you say, Matty, the momentum that has been built across this over the past couple of years. What do the NRL do after Brisbane come off contract, after they have the next one next year? Really, really interesting to see. And just finally, given that it was research, even though I did hear you <laughs> spent some time in a bar in that answer. Well, well but, of course. Um, the, Wasn't the only if, one. If, if you know, if you were filling in a fan survey mm. for for the events, what's one critique that you'd like to put forward? And then I've got I've got an idea that I've just thought of that I want to throw at you. Look, I I don't think that, honestly it's very hard to be critical of any of it. To be honest, uh, like obviously you're not going to know when the draw comes out, and it comes out in what October, November of the year before, how teams are going to be going, and you still don't know even if they're two really good teams, two poor teams, how the games are going to unfold. Um, so I suppose the critique was the games from a point of view. There's some couple of blowouts that people didn't expect to happen, but other than that, which can't really be controlled because that can happen anyway. I can't say there is much much to be critical about at all, Manny. Uh, yeah, just a fantastic weekend. You must still be trying to get critique. over Critique. The, uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I was trying to say. Yes, yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank um, you. I thought you'd pick the, up on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a lot sharper than what you seem to be this morning. <laughs> no, um, I'm good. <laughs> um, the, the idea that I've just mm. thought of, so in, as part of Gather Round in the AFL a couple yep. of weeks ago, a lot of people, and I was one of them, suggested we should have the showdown, which is the, the Adelaide Derby. Mm -hmm. So Port Adelaide and Adelaide. That should be the centrepiece and, and kick things off on the Thursday night to, mm. to draw attention to what is normally a fantastic game that doesn't really get the prime time uh, time slot that it deserves or the attention that it deserves across the country, which is another can of worms that I don't think I really want to open this morning. But anyway, the, the showdown should p pretty much be the, the thing that kicks it off and sparks it if it's going mm. to be hosted in Adelaide. Mm. From an NRL perspective, what if Magic Round was held a little bit later mm. and it was incorporated with the first game of State of Origin being played in Queensland? Would you, would that be a concept that could be fathomed? I don't think so. I don't mind the idea. I don't think so, though. And I think I think that one of the main reasons why that just wouldn't work is with State of Origin from the NRL point of view, when we get to that period, and we're only, what, two or three weeks away from it now, 
we do see, firstly, condensed rounds. So we see a lot of teams having to buy. And the other issue with it is if you have the State of Origin on, say, the Thursday night, the Friday night, even if you had it on the Wednesday night as they do now and then put the rest of the Magic round Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you would see a lot of players not being able to back up. Now, you do see players backing up from State of Origin on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday at various times, but I think it would take away, definitely wouldn't take away from Origin. That would still be a big event, but I think it would take away from the Magic Ground event, having a lot of the big name players either missing or in doubt um, or not at 100% fitness because they've just played Origin the night before uh, or a couple of nights before. So I understand the philosophy. um, And I do think, though, you were just talking about the showdown there. I do think that if Magic Ground was to ever come to Sydney, they would have to build it as a Basically a rivalry round, I think. I think you'd have to have as many games as you can, like a Roosters Souths game uh, out Magic Round at Allianz Stadium. If you are going to play all eight games at Allianz Stadium in uh, Sydney's East, you'd have to have a rivalry round. Whereas at Brisbane, you don't have to have that and it still works. So, yeah, uh, look, I don't think Origin would work, but I do think a bit like what you're saying uh, with your uh, code and gather round, I think if it was ever to be moved really anywhere maybe outside of Brisbane, you would have to look at playing the two rival teams together uh, to try and maximise those crowds. But whether it actually moves from Queensland, we'll have to wait and see. I, I still would sort of be surprised if it happens, but it's still over a year away, so we'll have to wait and see. And the only, the final thing before we do quickly yes. move on, the all games being scheduled at one ground, we yep. saw some atrocious conditions particularly on Sunday. <laughs> yes. I tuned into the coverage at one point, and as we spoke about on Monday morning, the, the, the ground that looked like a cow paddock. Mm-hmm. Does that hurt not only the spectacle, but also it increases, in my eyes, the risk for an injury? Surely it's not practical if you're going to take the risk on having all games at a venue and there's going to be the risk of inclement weather. surely parameters have to be put in place that another venue is used. And it was interesting, uh, Matty, because it was such a nice day before that uh, rain came down. Only rain for the first half, but that was, and it was pretty heavy rain for a little bit. um, And that was enough to cause the paddock to look like that for the last uh, couple of matches. And the Suncorp Stadium surface was a big talking point heading into Magic Ground as well. It's been a bit choppy uh, throughout the beginning of the season. We saw that across the weekend before that rain hit uh, for the two final games of Magic Ground. It is interesting, though, because you cast your mind back a year They had rain on the Friday and the Saturday, pretty heavy rain, persistent rain, um, and it didn't really seem to cause many issues. There weren't, thankfully, many big injuries across this weekend either, which is good news. Um, The second venue, look, I I understand that, and I heard somewhere uh, a couple of days ago about the fact that if it is going to be in Sydney, they're thinking about playing it uh, four games at Allianz Stadium, four games at Combank Stadium. Look, I think one of the real good things about Queensland and the way it's held in Uh, Brisbane is that it is at the one ground and I take your point about injuries and rain and all of that but the fact that and I don't know if you've ever been up uh, to Suncorp Stadium Maddie and uh, Caxon Street but it's just set up so well that you have so many pubs and bars within and restaurants within walking distance 
to the ground. I think if they were going to have a second venue, well, it would have to be, if it was going to be in Queensland, there's nowhere else really in Brisbane that would have been able to hold that many people. So then you'd be looking at going either to Townsville or the Gold Coast. And in that situation, you'd then probably have to say months out beforehand, four games at Suncorp Stadium, four games either at Townsville or the Gold Coast. And the issue you have there is, Yes, it's not that hard and it's not that long between Brisbane and the Gold Coast, but it is a fair trip between Brisbane and Townsville. So I, I think the whole eight games at Suncorp Stadium works. I think having it one at one venue works and you can't really predict the weather. Thankfully, as I say, no major injuries that I can remember anyway across the course of the weekend. Um, but it will be interesting to see if it does move out of Queensland, whether they do go, like you guys have done in the gather round, do go to those two different venues uh, instead of using the one. It, really intriguing to see how it plays out over the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, I thought it was one of the great charms of gather round in the AFL to be mm. go, able to go particularly to the game that was played up in the Adelaide Hills, which mm. isn't a, a regular AFL venue. It's a, it's a local regional venue. And to be able to play a game there, I think that was part of the experience of it. And I'm sure just quickly, I'm sure there would be grounds in Queensland that are similar to that, that are smaller grounds uh, that can be played. Dolphins ground uh, springs to mind where they play some of their home games. But yeah, I, look, I just think from an NRL point of view, Suncorp Stadium, all eight games there, it works beautifully, um, and we'll see what happens next year. We'll see if they can beat that 147-odd thousand people that were there this year because, as you say, that momentum is just building. And anyone that hasn't been but hears about it and watches rugby league and enjoys rugby league is always jealous about people that have been, which I think encourages them and more people to keep going and going. It's, uh, yeah, really a fantastic concept. I think you just like it in the fact that it's close to uh, certain refreshing venues so that you can <laughs> get on the beers. Yeah, that's, Thank that's, you, Dad. That's, Dad Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> special guest this morning here on Tradies News big in a bucks. nutshell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, big production value as well. Mm. Um, the other quick talking point I want to pose yes. to you this morning. We've got a, an interesting fixture this weekend in the AFL, and it's part of a broader conversation, which I'll get stuck into once we finish up our chat this morning mm-hmm. about how our weekends in general are structured in the AFL and the overlapping games, which is a constant heartache, particularly when we have no Thursday night football. But this week, we've got a double header on Friday night. There's going to be a game played in Melbourne yep, and then a game played over in Perth. There is still going to be some overlap, so Mm -hmm. it's not going to be clean. It's not going to link into the other and flow into the other. As what it does in the NRL, Mm. one of the big talking points is our Friday night fixtures don't kick off until 10 to 8, which, depending on who you talk to, there's not a great deal of uh, love towards that. I wouldn't have suggested. You've got two matches on a Friday pretty much every week. Yep. One that kicks off at about six o'clock and the other that kicks off at eight o'clock. So it's mm. it's perfectly timed to segue from one into the other and there is no overlap. Does it work having a game on that early? And and the broader context to the reason why the AFL has two double uh, has a double header on Friday night this weekend is because of Mother's Day. They don't want games too many games to be played on Mother's Day to ensure, because there was a drop-off a couple of years ago pre-COVID, to the crowds that would attend on Mother's Day. So trying to juggle the fixture around and put an extra game on the Friday night is to help 
to give people time to go and spend time with their mothers rather than an attempt going to the football. Mm, that's a bit of a weird one. I don't, I don't think the NRL was really affected crowd-wise uh, by Mother's Day. But it's an interesting one, Matty, because the other thing, before I answer your question about the 6 and 8 o'clock one, the other thing that the NRL do differently to the AFL is that we never have any matches overlapping each other, and we haven't for many years. We used to um, have a Sunday, Saturday night game, this is going back 10, 15, maybe 20 years, where we did have, I think, two 7.30 Saturday games. There was probably uh, Sunday games that overlapped each other when uh, the second one used to be delayed on uh, Channel 9. But now we've got standalone games, all eight games standalone. Whether when we do introduce more teams, it can stay that way or not uh, is going to be interesting to see. But in answer to your 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. game, look, the the Friday 8 p.m. game has always worked. Uh, I think the Thursday night kickoff at 8 p.m. is a bit too late, to be honest, but that's probably another story for another day. But the Friday 6 p.m. one is interesting because before uh, Friday 6 p.m. was introduced, we had Monday night football that kicked off at 7 p.m. on Monday night. That was around uh, in its latest format for around about 10 or 15 years and was very successful on TV, uh, was to a degree successful in terms of crowds, but not as many as you'd get across a weekend and you'd understand that. Friday 6pm is basically made for TV um, and it's a great product too. If you get home from work at 5pm, whether your team's playing or not, switch the TV on, have some dinner, watch the two games, go to bed or do whatever you're doing. Probably the same can be said if you're heading out somewhere on the Friday night and you're just at home or watching the pub, 6pm perfect for TV. In terms of going to the grounds and getting to the grounds, I think it is pretty difficult. Not impossible. People can do it and obviously do do it. But if you do finish work at five o'clock and your team is playing at six o'clock, it is a mad rush to get to that ground, uh, wherever it is, uh, whether it be in Sydney or somewhere else. So I think if you ask most NRL fans, they would be quite happy to get rid of the 6 p.m. kickoff and put it somewhere else. Where in the schedule it would go, I don't really know. But for a TV product, it works. But in terms of actually attending, it's probably the hardest game. Well, definitely it's the hardest game to get to across the weekend. And although it's been around for a few years, no one has really ever been a huge fan of it. I, I haven't met anyone, Matty, that's been a fan of the 6 p.m. Friday game. So, I, but, but in saying that, I don't really see it changing, especially with more teams coming in and they've got to fit all the games in. So... It's an interesting one, but I think 6 p.m. here to stay. But it's great to have a double header of rugby league on a Friday. But yeah, I don't think people are a huge fan of it. No, and even just even looking at our matches this weekend. So the, the game in Melbourne kicks off at 7.20 mm. local time. And mm. then the game in Perth kicks off at 8.40. I believe that's Melbourne time. So mm. it's almost still with just over a half to play or just under a half to play for the Richmond-Geelong game. So it's almost cannibalising the product, which is what we have regularly on a Sunday and even on a Saturday night when sometimes we have two games going up against each other. And I think what's really good for an NRL point of view, and you can see the TV ratings are up uh, this year, everything is up, but if you wanted to, and look, not many people, or maybe some, maybe a lot of people do, I don't know, but if you watch the, if you want to watch the eight games of the NRL across the weekend, you can. Yes, you have to have Fox or KO, you have to go out, but 
uh, with only, what, three games on Channel 9 across the weekend. But it is there that you can sit down the whole weekend and watch the eight games, which I think is novel to rugby league because it doesn't happen in many other sports across the world where games don't overlap. So the fact that you can sit down on a Thursday night and go right through the weekend until the Sunday afternoon when it finishes usually at 6 o'clock and watch the eight games, I think that is a huge appeal and a huge win for the NRL and something that I don't think they'll want to be changing even when they do bring in some extra teams to make it, 18 teams, and potentially to that 20-team mark somewhere in the next 10 or so years. I agree. I agree. Um, by the way, off yes. uh, my 40 Winks <laughs> temper text machine, yes. uh, Thanasi, Coxie, you've got your sports fan hat on with that idea that I had. And even with the showdown idea, uh, the AFL he agrees that it's a good idea, but Think of it from a business sense, which is very true. It's, well, a, very, it's a commercial product, Dan. And it is a very good point that it, Queensland, uh, Origin in Queensland in Sydney, but Origin in Queensland will always be a sellout. Why would you, I suppose from a business point of view, why would you do that and then Magic Round on the same weekend when you can have two different weekends with the same sort of crowd? Yeah, no, it was a stupid idea. <laughs> no, no, uh, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. Good thinking. <laughs> Nice to have you back on the airwaves, Dan. Yeah, um, and another... Maddie, you'll be happy to hear I haven't got any leave planned for another two and a half months. It's a real long stint for me, this one. Yeah, that'll, that'll change. Yeah, that'll probably, change. It'll be something that you buy tickets to or something <laughs> there you go to. No, no. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully we speak to you next week. I'll be here next week, Maddie. Thank you very much. Thank you, part-time. <laughs> Maddie Cox in Melbourne, and a big thank you for him to him, I think, for filling in over the past couple of days. 0457 736 736. There's some texts there. I'll get to them after the break. 1300 0111 70, our open line number. We'll also get to some of the other news of the day shortly. It is coming up to 23 and a half to 6. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. It's 19 and a half to 6 now. There is Champions League going on at the moment. Semi-final, uh, leg one of two. Uh, Milan play into tomorrow, but Real Madrid up against Man City. 38 minutes gone. It's Real Madrid 1, leading Man City nil after 38 minutes. We will have a chat with John Gallo on Friday morning on the show and just uh, talk to him about the English Premier League that's really reaching an interesting stage and also we'll have a chat about these two Champions League semi-finals, the first leg of them with Real Madrid leading Man City 1-0 after 38 minutes. We'll keep you up to date with that throughout the course of the rest of this show and then the breakfast shows after 6am. To your text 0457 736 736. This one uh, says, would the time zones affect the late games in New Zealand if Magic Round was to be taken to New Zealand? Well, they're two hours ahead. So, well, yes, I suppose it would. In theory, if you don't want to play a game local time any later than 8 p.m., uh, you'd be playing the Friday night footy game, I suppose, at 6 p.m. Sydney time. Um, and same with Saturday night. Uh, so, yes, that could be a potential issue for New Zealand unless they are happy to play uh, at 10 p.m. local time, which I, I don't know if the players would be overly happy with uh, if they were taking part in it. So that that might be a bit of an issue uh, for the NRL, but there may be a way they could potentially work around that. But, yes, that's probably a major flaw uh, to the New Zealand plan, but there's still talk about it. There was a lot of talk about it over the course of the weekend just gone about potentially taking uh, the game to New Zealand, the weekend to New Zealand. So we'll wait and see. This from Razor. Uh, tell me what the secret is to get the day off early in the week and who signs your letter of absence? Well, uh, many people signed my letter of absences and uh, I was just doing, as I said to Manny, just some research this weekend uh, for all the listers and I've come back and given it an A-plus fantastic uh, weekend. Uh, this from the Kingswood Welder. Um, thank you, Kingswood. Uh, welcome back, Nutshell, Dan. Uh, I won't 
to the other part of that text. But thank you, uh, Nutshell. Great to be uh, back. Uh, thank you, Kingswood World. I'm the Nutshell. Great to be back. And this from Andy. If Magic Round stays on Brisbane, in Brisbane, then the four Queensland teams must be the home teams. Otherwise, it is completely biased. That one from Andy. Well, this was a talking point, wasn't it? Leaning in to Magic Round this year, where you had the Broncos playing Manly on the Friday night, with Manly being the home team. And there have been years in the past, even before Magic Round, when they took games to Brisbane. But this wasn't the case on this occasion. I don't think Manly were overly impressed about having it as their home game. Uh, Then you had the Sharks playing the Dolphins on Saturday. The Sharks were the home team for that one as well. So the Dolphins were the away team. So the Sharks, another one giving up a home game. Then on Sunday, you had the Roosters and the Cowboys. The Roosters were the home team for that one. Uh, More Cowboys fans there, obviously the Roosters fans. But again, uh, the Roosters... um, giving up a home game. In fact, the Roosters, uh, I know, and they're probably not the only team, have been the home team for all four versions of Magic Ground. Uh, the only Queensland home team that uh, was the actual home team at Suncorp Stadium was the last game of the round with the Titans up against the Eels. It was a Gold Coast home match. I do agree with you, Andy. I find that a little odd, or at least if you are going to keep it in Queensland and you're not going to take it anywhere else, uh, at least flip it every year. So the Queensland teams, the four home teams, one year and then the next year, they're not. It is, yeah, I don't know. I, I found it a bit odd that three of the four teams that were based in Queensland were not given the home games than the weekend just gone. And hopefully, obviously, Magic Round will definitely be in Brisbane next week and uh, next year. Hopefully, on that occasion, you do see those teams that weren't the home teams this year be the home teams next year. And look, oh, we don't know. Maybe the clubs enjoy having Magic Round as a home game. Maybe they get more of a cut of the revenue uh, than the away teams. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think anyone's really found that out. But it is an interesting one um, that three of the four Queensland teams weren't the home teams. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 If you were in Queensland, uh, for if you were in Brisbane, would you have gone? Uh, would, would you like to see uh, it stay in Queensland? Especially if you're not from Queensland. Would you prefer... To stay in Queensland, would you like to see it go uh, around the place? 0457 736 736. Jason Riles looks like he's going to be coach of the Dragons. If you're Jason Riles, oh, he's shaping up to be the coach of the Dragons anyway. If you're Jason Riles, do you go to the Dragons next year? Would you bide your time and wait for Craig Bellamy to retire? Um, and a couple of things coming out of Team List Tuesday. The Eels have named Jake Arthur to replace Mitch Moses at halfback. After he was ruled out with concussion, yeah, that looked nasty on Sunday night at Suncorp Stadium. Meanwhile, Knights recruit Adam Elliott returns from a groin injury for his first game since round one. And the Raiders have dropped Xavier Savage to 18th man. Josh Odo-Carr returns to the Bulldogs, uh, which is a big in for him and potentially New South Wales. He's got a couple of games to prove himself and to see if he does get selected for that New South Wales team. Um, but there's still no sign of Zach Lomax for the Dragons. Meanwhile, Josh, Josh Schuster has been named in the reserves for Manly as he bids to rejoin the 17. And another interesting uh, thing uh, that I noted part across Team List Tuesday as well uh, was the fact that uh, the Roosters basically made no changes, apart from that uh, change with Angus Croydon going in to the second row for the injured Egan Butcher. No changes, even after the attack last weekend on... Sunday, I know it was in uh, not great conditions. It was pretty woeful uh, from the Roosters. And I've got Penrith 
uh, coming up this weekend. So that is going to be really, really interesting to see how they go uh, on Friday night out at Penrith Football Stadium. And, of course, Josh Adokar, can he make that New South Wales State of Origin squad? I think they... I think you wouldn't say no, would you? But we'll see if he can get through the next couple of games. I think another question, Mark, and I heard uh, on SEN on Saturday morning, James Magnuson actually talking about this, about uh, Tommy Turbo and whether he could be part of that New South Wales team. Uh, he was, again, very quiet on Friday night. I mean, a bit of cricket news as well. Not too far away from the World Test Championship in the Ashes, a former... Test captain, England Test captain Michael Vaughan has called for Mitch Marsh to open the batting for Australia in the upcoming Ashes series, suggesting veteran opener David Warner would be better suited as a middle order batter in English conditions. And now Marsh was named in Australia's 17-player squad for the World Test Championship final and first two matches of this year's Ashes campaign in England, selected as an injury cover for young all-rounder Cameron Green. However, Vaughan has told the Sydney Morning Herald that he backed Marsh to flourish at the top of the order in the Australian Whites, allowing for a left-right-hand opening partnership. The 31-year-old played the most recent of his 32 tests during the 2019 Ashes, taking a five-wicket haul against England at the Oval. He averages just over 25 with the bat at test level. Uh, But Vaughan said, if I was Australia, I would really, really study uh, the top of the order. Why would you want to throw out two left-handers to Stuart Broad and James Anderson? Why would you give those two great bowlers exactly what they want at the top of the order to get themselves up and running? I would honestly look at someone like Mitchell Marsh to open the batting because it gets he, uh, gets him in the team. He's a right-hander and he might go down the aggressive route. Everyone else who has been, op- uh, been here opening for Australia in the last few series has struggled. So why not try something different? Mitch Marsh opening the batting for Australia ahead of David Warner, moving David Warner to the middle order. Agree? Disagree? It's an interesting theory here from Michael Vaughan. No doubt Warner would struggle throughout most part of the uh, series in India when he before he got injured and then uh, the Australian summer. Apart from that, double century, a double hundred out at the MCG and part of that Boxing Day test. But Mitch Marsh opening, what do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Uh, here is a text uh, just to put out. Games at uh, Queensland, maybe another ground they could use is Valleymore. Yes, I understand that. There's another one. Um, and this from Mike as well. Uh, huge defensive ambush by Cowboys Fords last weekend against the Roosters. Same side chosen this week. Will Tamalolo, Nanai, uh, Lulia uh, uh, have to fight their way back into the Cowboys pack? Nice problem for Coach Todd Payton. I think Tamalolo will be back, uh, as will Leilua. But... Um, They were very good, the Cowboys. Their defense is very, very good on Sunday afternoon against the Roosters. I don't think, to be fair, the Roosters threw a lot at them. But, Mike, you're right. It was a very good defensive display. And maybe, maybe just the start of the Cowboys to kick off their season, which has been very disappointing to this date. But that win surely would have given them a lot of confidence on Sunday afternoon in a game no one really expected them to win. Going to be interesting to see how they go over the next few weeks as we lead in to Origin. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break, come back with more. It is bang on 10 to 6. Time in that Champions League game in the semi final, the first leg, Real Madrid 1 at leading Man City 0. Finishing off with a couple of texts. This from Jason. Australian rugby need to look after their own backyard before they even think about poaching any rugby league coach. Yes, Channel 9 running a story last night. I think it was a bit of a storm in the teacup uh, that they would welcome Trent Robinson over there at any uh, time. I don't know if Trent Robinson would ever want to go there, but there you go. Uh, This one from Kingswood World, I'll edit it, it, but thank you, uh, Dan. 
uh, after a few mornings listening uh, to Maddie's show uh, in Melbourne. Uh, please don't leave us again. Uh, that's the polite version of that text. Uh, thank you, Kingswood. I, I, look, I'll try not to. Uh, as I said, no leave plan until July, and that's only for a couple of days, so all good. Uh, no, try not to. Great to be back. Thank you, uh, Kingswood. And this from the Chook Man. Hi, Dan. Bancroft would be my opener, right-handed, and topped the shield. Stats that from Chook Man. Thank you for all your texts. Been good to be back this morning. Coming up uh, with Padding Heels for our Queensland listeners after 6 a.m. They'll be joined by Luke Hodge and Mark Bostage. For listeners through SCN 1170 a.m., Braden Burns from the Bulldogs, David Riccio, and Jared Waitley will join Vossie and James Magnuson. And Tomorrow morning on this show, Chris Perkins will join me from America. Have a great Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow morning from six uh, from five a.m. Breakfast is next.